Yeah. So there you have it. That's my friend Jip. You know, he he was up here at Hume, gosh, maybe a month before camp started, and I got to sit down and have dinner with him at my house and and just talk about life, talk about what's going on uh, with JM Ministries. And um, I think what's really cool is, um, you know, Jit is that this is something that even started here at camp. When he came, he said he was a, he was 17 years old, so a little older than you guys. But he said, while I was here at camp, I recognized that if I call myself a Christian, it is my duty and my responsibility to share the good news with Christ. And um, you heard some things. He said we were you know we were a, a group of young of young kids with a truck and no resources. But what they had was they they had a, a conviction. That was, that was given to them by God. And they said, man, we, we know that the Lord is putting on our hearts to share the good news that we know to be true with the people, he says, in our own backyard. I think so often um, in our lives we think of this, this concept of being a missionary um, and sharing the good news is reserved for only a few people who go overseas and uh, who are adults maybe, who have had lots of years of experience and uh, those are the only people that can share the good news. And it's, you know, pastors and missionaries. Well, I'm here to tell you exactly what Jit experienced is that that's not true. That he said something that he, he recognized that the call is on every single believer to share the good news if you have found it. And where he finds that is in this passage in Matthew 28. It's called the Great Commission. If you grew up around the church, there's a chance you've probably even heard this. But I'm going to read it. It's Matthew 28. And it starts in, uh, in verse 18. And this is after Jesus has died and he, he rose again and he came back to see his disciples and his last words on planet earth, the last words he says to the men that he, he has spent his life, the last couple years of his life with doing ministry. And he grabs those guys and he looks at them and he says, he says this, his final words on earth. All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to obey all that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. You know, this passage, as we read it, is one that Jesus said directly to the disciples, but doesn't mean that it was meant just for them. Friends, that, that verse applies to you and to me if you call yourself a believer. And there's, you know, there's many people that go, well, well, Harrison, I'm not qualified. I'm not qualified to do that. Or I'm just a kid. Or maybe I just gave my life to the Lord just a month ago or a couple days ago or maybe even just a couple of years ago. And I just, I don't know enough to share the good news. Because I'm here to tell you that there is no excuse. If you call yourself a believer, if you say that Jesus is the Lord of your life, there is no excuse for you to not be obeying what this verse has called us to. And that, that goes for myself included. And it sounds scary at first, but the good news we even find in this passage where he says, that Jesus starts off, he says, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. So Jesus starts with that. He doesn't tell them to go make disciples and then tells them that. He starts off, he says, hey, all authority has been given to me. And so when he says this, one, it means we need to listen. But two, 
we should find comfort in that, knowing that the God that is in control of heaven, the God that is in control of all things on earth, is saying, I'm telling you to do, the, to do this. And then he ends it with, and behold, I will be with you as you do this, even to the end of the age. That friends, we have the ability as believers to share the good news confidently because God is with us as we do it and he empowers us to do it and he gives us exactly what we need to do it. The second part I want to talk about in this is, is you see a couple of the guys um, that have grown up in jam ministry uh, even kind of just even testify um, about what, they, what they're doing and what jam has taught them. And one of the guys says, because of jam, because of Jit and his willingness to, to share the good news, I have, he says, I have recognized that as a, young, as a young person, even I have a part to play in proclaiming Christ in Africa, proclaiming the good news in Africa. And again, I'm here to tell you guys that every single one of you guys has a part to play. As we look at, we look at this concept that we see in 1 Corinthians, it's called the body of Christ. And in it, it talks about how there are many parts but one body. And in it says, well, man, if we were, if we were all an ear, where would the sense of smell be? And if we were all a nose, where would the sense of hearing be? And the answer is there wouldn't be. But so often what we do, and I even myself in the body of Christ, we say, well, I'm not that good of a teacher, or I'm not that good of a speaker, or you know, I can't read that well, or, you know, I'm not funny, or I'm not uh, talented enough to share the good news, or I'm not like that person, and they, they talk about it so well. I'm not like Austin, who can teach about the Bible so well. I'm not like my youth pastor, who, who's really creative in how they speak, or I'm not like my counselor and how well they talk and can comfort me. But again, I'm here to tell you guys that you don't need something that someone else has because God has uniquely designed you to do exactly what he has called you to do. And that is the beauty of the body of Christ, that there are many parts that make up one body and we're designed to be different on purpose because we all have a role that we can play in this mission of sharing the good news. And it's exactly lined out for you. It's exactly what God has called for you to do. And the only thing that you need to answer that call of sharing the good news is a faith in Christ and an obedience and a willingness to say, Lord, I want to be used by you, so would you do so? Remember, it says that he will be with you even always, even to the very end of the age. Something else that we see in scripture, it says, let no one look down on you because you are young. From that in 1 Timothy 4, verse 12, he looks at the believers and says, hey, don't let anyone tell you that you're too young. He says, instead of, instead of letting people tell you that you're too young, Timothy says this, he says, set the example for the believers. People say that you're too young, raise the bar. Set the standard. He says, set the, set the standard to all believers in faith, in word, in conduct or in deed and in love. Guys, you guys in this room, there's going to be times when people are going to look at you and think you're too young. I'll tell you that right now. I'm not going to try to water it down. But even you guys 
have the ability to go back into your homes, your churches, your sports team, your schools, and you guys have the ability to set the standard, say, no, this is what it looks like to follow Christ in faith. This is what it looks like to follow Christ in word, in deed, in love, how I act, how I speak, how I treat other people, and how I point them back to Christ, and how I even believe in Christ myself. Something that, a story that you guys saw yesterday in the, in the live production, yesterday morning, uh, we met a couple of those witnesses that came to the witness stand that testified about, about how they know that Jesus is true, how they know that Jesus is real, because they experienced him with their own life. You saw uh, Max, the dog, who in the Bible is a Roman official, and he came over here and said, I was desperate. I needed a miracle. And there was only one person that I'd heard about that could do miracles, and it was this Jesus guy. So I went to him, and he healed my son. You saw someone who was at the feeding of the 5,000. It was Win Dixie. And she said, I don't know how he did it. But there was no food, and miraculously, this man provided food for us. And then lastly, you saw Mittens the Cat. Mittens the Cat comes out of a story in John chapter 4. In John 4, she is, uh, in the Bible, she is a Samaritan woman. And uh, that's it's important in our story because uh, back in the day, a Jewish rabbi, which is what Jesus was, or even all the Jewish people, would never associate with a Samaritan because they were enemies. They didn't like each other. The, the Jewish people uh, looked down on the Samaritans for how they lived their lives. They thought it wasn't, it wasn't right. So they thought of the Samaritans as less than, as not even human necessarily. But Jesus saw this, this woman, and he met her at the well, and he said, no, this is a person. and I'm going to treat them like a person. And he loved her. Because he loved her, he didn't water down the truth. He told her about her sin. He called her out on her sin even. But then called her to repentance and said, this is the life that you have been called to. And this is the God that provides that. And scripture says that she believed. That she believed what Jesus was saying. And even, and get this, I'm going to turn there real quick. John 4, is, as Jesus is talking to this unlikely person, and even his disciples are confused. The people that have been doing life with him are confused about why he's talking to her. He says this. In, uh, in John chapter 4, verse 39, after Jesus talks to the Samaritan woman, he tells her to return home. He says, go back to the town that you were from. And guys, let me tell you, she had every right to say, Jesus, I don't want to go back there because the people of her town also looked down upon this woman. The people of her very own community thought that this woman was less than. They knew her as a sinner. And they said, she is less than us. She goes and gets water in the heat of the day because she doesn't want to see anyone else because she's embarrassed. She is ashamed. She thinks she is underqualified to be a person, a member of that society. And yet Jesus says, go home, 
return back to your town and tell the people what I have told you. And guess what? In verse 39, it says this. Many Samaritans from that town believed in him because of the woman's testimony. The most unlikely person in the whole entire city that she was from, Jesus used her. And guess what? It says that many people believed because of her testimony. And friends, I am here this morning to tell you guys that you can do the same. If you call yourself a believer, if Jesus has truly changed your heart, you have the same thing that that woman has. You have a testimony. What God has done in your very own life. And friends, that is a powerful thing. Because we know and we see in Scripture that it is only, it is only the Lord that changes hearts and minds. And when you become a Christian, you are, you are going from a child of darkness, a child of wrath, an enemy of God. And you are becoming a child of light. Your heart is being transformed. You are a son and daughter, a son or daughter of Christ. And that itself is a miracle and it is powerful. That's what we call our testimony, is what God has done in your life. And it says that many believe because of the woman's testimony. Not something that she did, but something that God has done in her life. Because she had been a believer for minutes. Mere minutes. She didn't say, well, well they don't like me. Or they think I'm, I'm less than her. They don't think I'm good enough. Or she didn't say, well, I don't know enough about you. She knew the only thing that was important about Christ, and that is that he is the only one who can save. And she had experienced it herself. And she said, I now ha- I have to tell other people about this because this has changed my life. Because if you ever had life-changing news, you would want to tell everyone. If something happened to you that changed your life forever, you know, there's things that happen in our life that do. You know, that's, you know, getting married, having a kid, winning the lottery perhaps. If you had something that, that happened to you that changed your life, you would want to tell everyone about it because you're excited about it. If Jesus has changed your life, you should want to tell everyone about it. And you have a duty and an obligation to do so. Scripture says that we have that ability to do so. And like I said, guys, it says, let no one look down on you because you are young, but set the example. Guys, I truly believe in my heart that as I look out on this room of junior hires, you guys can set that example back at your churches. You can set that example back at your home. You can set it amongst your friends that are even here this week. Be the person that sets up and says, I'm going to be the example, and I'm going to set the standard of what this looks like to follow Christ and to share his word. Because, get this, Scripture also says that the Lord uses what is weak in the eyes of the world to shame the strong. And that God uses what is foolish in the eyes of the world to shame the wise. And we see that played out time and time again in Scripture. You see it in the woman at the well that Jesus talked to, the Samaritan woman, that the the people of Samaria thought she was a fool. God used her to transform hearts and lives. 
In Luke chapter 8, you see that Jesus heals a demon-possessed man. And the same thing. He tells that man to go back to his hometown and tell people about what he has done. And many believe because of it. People thought that guy was literally insane. They thought he was crazy. He was possessed by demons. The least, the most unlikely person to be used by God. And God said, that's the person I'm going to use to share my good news. Because it's not about the person. It's about the power of Christ that is behind them. That is within them. That is powerful. And that is transformable. And guys, I'm here to tell you the same exact thing. The world looks at junior high students and says, you guys are a bunch of fools. That You guys are weak. Well, guess what? God uses what is weak to shame the strong and he uses what is foolish in the eyes of the world to shame the wise. You guys have that ability to do that. And even more so, the world thinks that Christianity is foolish. The world thinks that Christianity is weak. And that should honestly be good news to us because again, God uses the weak and the foolish to do big things for his kingdom. And he can do that through you guys. And I know he can. You just have to be willing and obedient to say, Lord, I want to be used by you. Would you use me? And so this morning, what we'll do is we'll head out of here in just a minute. And I want you guys to go back into your cabin time. Find your counselor. Meet as a cabin. And discuss, man, what, practically, what does this look like in my life? How, do I, how does this play out in my life? Because I guarantee you that every single one of us has friends that don't know God. We all have, maybe we have family members, brothers, sisters, a mom or a dad, a grandparent, a cousin who don't know God, a sports teammate, a coach, a teacher, a colleague, a friend who doesn't know the good news. Don't wait. Don't say that's someone else's job to tell them. It is your job. It is your job to tell the people in your life about the love of Christ. And so I would ask that you guys, even this morning, man, spend time in your cabin thinking about who those people are, thinking about how you can share the good news with them, praying for them, praying for your own heart, asking God to give you boldness and a desire to share the good news. And I would also ask that you guys spend some time in prayer this morning for for Jit and his team in South Africa as they're sharing the good news. They're going through a move where they're being kicked out of the place that they're living in and they're having to go somewhere else, they see it as a blessing because they're saying, man, all right, God's done with us here and he's called us here and now we have opportunity here. That's awesome. That's great news. Pray for Jit and spend some time in prayer for the other missionaries around the world. There's so many people in different countries that are being persecuted every day because of their faith and people that are giving up their lives to share the gospel because they know it's what God has called them to do. And so would you just pray for them that God would comfort them, that God would give them peace, God would give them joy in what they're doing. And it's so important that we be doing this. Guys, I love you. Uh, let me pray and then you'll find your counselor and you're heading to cabin time. So, God, this morning, again, even just, uh, I'm, rem- I'm, I'm thankful for the reminder that Jit has even given us through a video that it is not someone else's job to share the good news, but God, it is ours. And so Lord, in my own heart, would you even give me a greater understanding of what it is my part is to play in this? God, that, w- that would have a greater, um, a greater heart for the lost, for those who don't know you. 
God, would you give me a greater desire to share with them? And Lord, would I not back down from, from opportunities, but God, would you give me even a boldness to share? Because at times, Lord, I, I even my own my own self will say, I'm not qualified to do this. But God, I know that it is not me that qualifies, it is you who qualifies. So God, would I rest in that? Would I find peace in that? Lord, I pray for Jit and his team. Would you give them an overwhelming sense of joy today as they get to continue to do the work that you have called them to do? I love you. Would you help me to love you more? Would I learn more about you and praise you more? God, I pray these things in your name and your name alone. Amen.